0: We are learning daf memhe. We're starting from the second line down where it says elameata. So we've been assuming that what we darshan to expound, how many judges we need to go out from the Senate HaGadol to measure. So it was Machlokas. Whether or not we just say two or whether we say four, and either way, you can't get an even number. So we add one more and it gets to either three or five. But the Gemara says, why don't we darshin more psukim so, elameata? Yatsu, it says that the elders and the judges should go out. So why don't we expound those verbs as well? yatsu and they should go out. Shnaim, that's another two people. Madadu and they should measure Shnaim, that's another two judges. Which would mean, according to a view that started with five, you have another four, you really need nine. We Shimon who started with three, you end up with seven. So why don't you dive from Yatsu? do, and they should go out, and they should measure, as requiring another force. So as the Gemara because each phrase is necessary for other things. It's not, it's not superfluous to expound, you need more judges. Rather, it's necessary to teach us the halacha, vi and they should go out. The people of the Great Sun measuring themselves, hein, it's personal, they cannot, you know, point it off on a representative, it's got to be they themselves. do, and they should measure, even if it was, it was found, it was obviously next to one down. they still measure. In other words, what's the point? of medidah. Is medidah a practical point? You're not able to tell which city it's closest to and therefore you can't tell by looking and that's why you're measuring and we're learning no. do. they must measure. She mitzvah lasik medida. There's a specific mitzvah to involve themselves with the measuring even if you could be determined uh, just with your eyesight there's a mitzvah medida unto itself. So therefore that's what Madhudu is saying. It's not extra to tell us extra number of judges. So Ati Marvisi is the local of Blasman Yaakov, our Mishnah. Our Mishnah just needed three or five judges in the Sanajrin of to measure. You didn't need anyone else. That's not like our Blasman Yaakov. Tiny says in Rice with Blasman Yakov Omer. And it says the Kenakha, Zakinachov Zusanadrin, that means the judges an adjunct. Shaifdach, when it says you shofed him, Zemelech, the Koengah. Very interesting. Shevtecha means the people of leadership, the Melech and Kohen Gadol, they have to go out. Melech to melech pa mishpat yamedar, we're trying to show how it means Shevtecha, so Melech says melech pa mishpat, the Kohen Gadol is So we expound that that's a reference uh, to the Kohen Gadol, high, the High Kohen. So we say that your judges can mean both the king and the Kohen Gadol, they have to be present as well for the measurement. Our Mishnah, which did not mention the king and the Kohen Gadol, does not agree. Says By the way we have a question. is the whole root of the dispute. You know, Blaz Yaakov and the Rabban just about the king and the Kohen Abba Alpha Bisanhedrin regarding the judges from the Sanhedrin, Maybe he holds you need three, maybe he holds you need five. We can't tell. Meaning that's not the point of contention. The point of contention is only the Malachi and Kohen Gadl, but not the number of three and five of the judges. Odilma Bisanedrinami Pleaghi. Atika Kuli Sanhedrin. Maybe he holds as well. You need the whole Sanhedrin. Which is interesting. Why should we think of such a dispute? Because once we see that he was arguing and saying different so when he says the was the Sanhedrin, maybe he means the entire Sanhedrin, you need all 71 measure, uh, members to go out and measure. Says the Gemara of Yosef Tashmah. So we're talking about Zakin Mamre, just a little bit of a background. What Zakin Mamre, you have a, measure, a member of the High Court who instead of agreeing to the Psaq that the Sanhedrin gives, he continues to rule like a minority view, which was, which was, um, which was not held of by most of the court. So the halakh is you put him to death, as a rebellious sage. So it says, "Mazza zaken so Abi Pagi the Alei." let's say this so and mamri found the Sanhedrin. It was, happens to be that they weren't in the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin regular place in the Azara. Rather, they were by they, they were the place on the outskirts of Jerusalem, which is called Beipagi. And he got a ruling from them over there. And he was Himer right? He ruled against them. He you said you're wrong. He you, you gave up Sakh which was against him. You might think that it's a real rebellion that carries the death penalty even though it wasn't in the Azara. But it was, it was where the Sanhedrin was. It says, when you go up to the place where Hashem chose, it shows us that by and Mamre the place makes a difference. In other words, the din is the only when the Sanhedrin is Bimekomo in the regular spot. Their comfortable spot in the Azara. Only there do we say that the Zakin Mamre who rules differently from them gets the death penalty. But if they're not there, then there doesn't carry the death penalty. If the Sanhedrin was in a different spot, when Zuck and Mamre rebels, there's no death penalty. So the Gemara analyzes Kama. Well, wait a second. How many of the Sanhedrin left? Why is the Sanhedrin not in its place? if you say just some of them went out, well, then obviously you're not going to execute the Zaki Mamri. We don't need the point of the Potsdam. Obviously, we wouldn't. Because if you don't have the whole Sanhedrin present, it's not fair. Maybe the people left inside would actually agree to what the rebellious sage is saying. You're not a Zaki Mamri. Not everyone's present. It's not a fair thing. Because maybe. Maybe the, the people inside would have agreed with him and they would have convinced the people outside that he's right. So you can't estep, be established as Zuck and unless everyone's there. Elipshid Dinafakulu, Nafakulu, clearly we're talking about a case that the entire Sanhedrin left its spot in the Asar and went out to the outskirts of Jerusalem. But why were they leaving? Ulumai. what is the story? What's behind this? Why does Sanhedrin go out? virus shows for just for discretionary matter. They took a trip to the outskirts of Yerushalayim. But Matsunafki, it's actually forbidden. Sanhedrin must remain. In its place in the Azar, these psokim here in Shira Ashir, it's actually talking about a blend of wine and water here, and it has to be the right thing. But we, we interpret the whole thing to return uh, to refer homiletically to the Sanhedrin, and we say that Azar the blend shouldn't be lacking. That at least one third. Just like when you have wine, you always have, you know, the, the concentrate and then the water. So you always have to make sure that the concentrate always still remains. Which means, the <laughs> <laughs> so one Sanhedrin need to leave. If there are at least twenty three judges who remain, which are the number of a minor Sanhedrin, that's okay. If you don't leave behind twenty three members, that's not okay. So there is no case where an entire Sanhedrin can leave. So what's the case? It must be that they didn't leave just to leave, they left because of the Dvar Mitzvah. My, what mitzvah could the entire Sanhedrin be needed? He must be that there was an Eglat Rufa they had to measure. And we hold like Reb Yakov, Yaakov, and we now force that that shot is right, that he holds the entire Sanhedrin is necessary, and that's why they all left. They all left with the Dvar Mitzvah, so that shows us conclusively that Reb Yakov Yaakov requires the whole Sanhedrin, because if you only need five or three, then we didn't get anywhere. Why is the whole Sanhedrin now? So the Gemara says, Rabbi, Lo. the case is not because they went out to measure. They went out to add to the Kedusha of the city of Yerushalayim or to the Azarus of the base of Mikdash. It's a fascinating process that the Gemara and Shavuot discuss. But the Sanhedrin is the one who oversees it, and they add on to the city of Jerusalem, infusing more sanctity or they could add on to the size of the Azara, infusing more Kadusha. So that might be the reason why they left, not to measure that Glarufa, Rufa, but rather for a different mitzvah need of being most of the usual line of Azara. says Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says Rav Yosef, However, that Rablazman Yaakov does require the full sun for Egla Rufa. Why why do we see this in the Brahza? Because it said Mason of in Bespakian in talking about the same thing. Where the Zuckin Banu found the Sanhedrin of Bespagi. He got up sock and he rebels. and why were they outside? So the Brahiswa speaks out. to the Medidas Egla. For example, they left to measure for the eggla the of so to add on to the city of the Azar. So, so clearly that's the example which is given. You might think that the rebellion is a rebellion, and we killed the son in Mamri, even though it wasn't in the regular spot in Yisholai. So You go up to the place. It's only when they're in the regular place. So, anyways, the bottom line is is that this prize supports Rav Yosef be because it speaks about a scenario and it, where the Sanhedrin left, and it specifically gives an example of when they were left for Medida of Eglarufa, Rufa. So that's the bottom line, is that Reb Lazvin Yaakov dis- uh, disagrees with the town of our Mishnah, not only about needing the Malafu going, but also in terms of whether you need the entire Sanhedrin or only three or five members. Okay, what are we, the Mishnah is saying, Ma'at-Nimsa and if, let's say, it was covered, the body was covered by a pile of stones, or it was hanging off from a tree, they wouldn't do Eglarufa. Rufa. What's the reason? Because it says Ba'adamah, you must say, on the ground. So we say, on the ground, implies that it's not covered up by a pile. So what's the pshat in that, Jerashah? Let's say that our Mishnah is only like Rabbi Yudah and not the Rabbana. So we're learning about the laws of Shekha. What's the laws of Shekha? And the farmer forgets some of the sheaves while he's, while, while, he, while he's gathering them. So anything that he forgets has to be left for the poor. And that is called Shekha. So it says in the in the pasuk you'll forget the sheaf of grain basade on the field. So that, so Reb Yudah says pralatamid that excludes something which was covered. If it was covered and it was forgotten, you don't have to leave it for the poor. You can actually go back and take it. Why? Because basade implies that it was open. Dev omer the opposite of the just the opposite. In the field means to include um, the 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 covered sheaves of grain in the mitzvah. So basically, it's a machlokas it seems how to interpret basada. Rabbi, Rabbi Huda is saying basada excludes tama. Rabbananar is saying basada includes tama. So, just like you have a machlokas there, so you have the same thing here. Here it says ba'adamah. So, so that, is that excluding something covered, or is it including something which is covered? And what it seemed to be just the root of the dispute, I mean, why should I say yeah? Why should I say now? Nah, what's the root of the dispute? The question is how you interpret the prefix of ba'? What does that mean? Does it mean on the field? That's what Rabbi Yudah says. On the field would mean that you can, it's only limited to something exposed on the field. Something covered it would be more like in the field. Whereas the Rabbanon say ba can mean in. And that's the question. Does ba mean on or does ba mean in? According to Rabbi Yudah, ba ba only means on, not in. So if something is, is, is buried there, then it is not included. So the same way he excludes um of it's someone, he should exclude... He should exclude the Egl rufa if its Taman. It's not baadama because he holds Ba'adamah has to be there, lying, exposed on the field. And the Rabbana say back can even mean in. So therefore, even if it's like buried inside, uh, it should still be included. So, our mission is not the Rabbanon. You could say it's the Rabbanon. It's not the same type of Drosh. It's not just black and white. It's bombing on or it's bombing in. You don't have to always look at the context. Over there, or rather, over here, first the Pasuk says, If you find. So, when the Pasuk says, Finding, it implies however you find it. Right? That opening phrase, the way it is found, would imply even if it's under pile stones. But then it says, On the land. So, therefore, we say that that pasuk must be excluding from your, from your first understanding. It must be Ba pra'at l'taman, to exclude the covered corpse, because or else it also wouldn't have been necessary. If it would have been just coming to say it's included, it would have been included anyway from the opening phrase of ki'umat z'ichal. So, rather, ba'adamah excludes what you would have understood previously. So, ba'adamah excludes the Taman thing. That's the rabbanan's opinion. But however, in regard to the sheaves, you just look at the context. It says in the passage, when you're reaping the harvest in your field and you forget, so it says over there, shircha doom you the katsir. It's like the harvested grain because it's saying when you're doing the harvest. So we would say, just as the harvested grain is exposed when it's cut, right? You see it and you cut it. So, too, the, the forgotten sheaf here is something only when it's exposed. So, that already would imply that the covered sheaves would not be included in sheikha. So, that, well, that might, I come in understanding that the sheaves that are covered would not be included. So, now when the Torah says basada, what's the Torah teaching me? The Torah has to reverse that. To include the covered sheaves in the laws of Shekha. So basically, we're saying but the Ba'adam of Basad that could go either way. It's always just judging the context. What did you walk in thinking before the Joshua Basad or Ba'adamah? Here it said, Ki So you were thinking to include Taman. Therefore, when it said Ba'adamah, you exclude when it is buried. Over there, you walk in Katsircha like, uh, like, with, 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 uh, with Shikha like Katsircha when you would think it's Dafka when it's open. So therefore, I say Basad is coming to include the Taman. That's the Psalm in the Rabanan. In the rabbanan. Now, Lamaisa, so Rabbi in the rabbanan. He says that the covered chiefs are excluded from Sheikha. Why did he got it? He he understood baasodem means only when it's exposed. So the question is, why did he need that? Rabbi the table do me the katsir. What's prashat? Now that we see this, that the Torah says a Sheikha next to katsir So you should know it from there. So why does it come from on the field? that you really come from there? So the Gemara says in Nachanami, Rabbi Yudha doesn't get it. Um, uh, Rabbi Yudah does, in fact, know from the Dumi of the here that it has to be uh, exposed. So what does he use Basada for? Clearly he doesn't use it to exclude them. So what does he use it for? He says that it comes to include in the laws of shikha if, let's say, you forget standing produce. Meaning, what, what, what is something which is forgotten you have to leave to the poor? Is it only once you cut it and then you forget to pick it up? Or even more, if you just forgot to cut it. So if you would say it's only when it's cut and you forgot to gather. Yuda Buddha says Basada comes to include even if it's standing produce. You overlooked it and you never cut it. That's what's coming to tell us still it's also for the farmer to go back and cut it. So, the Rabbanon, Rabbanon can learn that from Basada. They use Basada to exclude Taman. So Sheikha's Kamim Nalavu, how do they know that if you forget standing grain it's also included? The juxtaposition of where it says in your field and you forget, it tells us that even if you forget a part of the field. Like you're forgetting it while it's still standing, it's still included in shicha. so. Bottom line is, everybody agrees that standing Shikha is also Shikha. The question is whether where we learn that from. The Rabbonan learned it from the juxtaposition, therefore Basada was extra, therefore it excluded Taman. And the Rabban, they used and, and Rabbi Yehuda rather used Basada too um, to tell me Shikha's Kama, therefore he doesn't have any possibility to exclude Taman. Says the Why didn't he learn it from there, from the juxtaposition? He learned from himself, on your field, excludes the case where you're where it, where it floated, you know, in the wind into the field of your friend. So let's say a wind picked up the sheaves and put it in the neighbor's field. So we say that it's not Sheikha. You could go back now and get it for yourself. Because since it says in the passage, your field, so we exclude if it's in your neighbors. So the Gummarov, how did the rabbanan know that? rabbanan used used Basada um, used to say different, right? They used Basada basada tell me Sheikha. Sheikha Saka How do they know? Basada It's two different things, right? It, it, one is your field, and one is the fact that it says, I love field. So one is from the you, and one is from the fact that it says field. It was the same word, so he didn't have two droshas. Okay, so in conclusion, we have a machlokes rebuyda and the rabbanon. If, if, if sheaves of grain, which are tumen, which are not exposed on the field, they're buried in, are they included in the mitzvah? Rebuyda excludes them, and the rabbanon includes them. Initially, the gemara thought this that we we say that by Rufa if it's buried, there's no eglarufa. It, 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 we say it's only like rebuyda, but the gemara concludes that it's really all drashas, and the rabbanon would agree. Uh, over here, there's no eglarufa; it's hidden. And along the way, we learned some other stuff. We learned that. Um, there's shikha, even if it's standing grain, and that there's not shikha if it floats into your neighbor's field. It says the Let's say the she's floated into your own field, meaning they floated in the, up in the wind, and then they land on something that is not the ground. They land on uh, some sort of pillar. So the point is that they're not uh, on the ground anymore. They're on something which is above the ground. Ma'u. So what do we say? Do we say that the airspace of a field is like the field and therefore it's no different than it's forgotten when it's lying on the ground? Maybe the airspace is not like the field and maybe it's only if it's forgotten in the field. And again, this is not the same trial as Talmud. This is a different child. It's exposed, but it's not exposed on the field. It's exposed on something that's on top of the field. So the Gemara says, I'm said, I'm He just said that we exclude the case where it floated into the field of his friend. Now, presumably, what's the case? Where did it land in your friend's field? We're assuming it landed on a on a boulder. It didn't land on the on, on the field itself. And, and the only reason we're excluding it is because it was your friend's field. in the It sounds like it's only excluded because it's. Because it's in your friend's field, but if it would float in your own field and land on a boulder, it would be Shekha, Says the Gemara. Well, wait a second. According to your understanding, they we're talking in a case that's not lying on the ground. You want to make another inference? Also, what? It's only potter in my friend's field from Shekha because it landed on a boulder. But if it would land on my friend's field on the on the ground, I it would be Shekha, That's not true. The patur is because it's not my field. What's Why would it matter if it's on the ground or on the boulder? So Elamah, we're talking about it went into my friend's field and it found, and it rested on the ground. Down. The only reason he mentions that it floated, not because it landed in a floated sense, that it landed on a boulder. Rather, the only way it got to my friend's field is because the wind made it float. But where did it land? It didn't land on a boulder. It landed on, 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 the, on the ground. If it landed on the ground, then it's only excluded because it's my friend's field. If it would be like that in my field, obviously it would be Sheikha. So our question, if it floated up and landed in a boulder in one's own field, we still have not resolved at all. So our Shila is, what if it's landing on a boulder in one's own field Is it high? Toshimats, we look at the price. So, Omer Shaykh's here. For one took the sheaf of grain to take it to town, meaning you didn't forget it. You took it with the intent of going into town with it, but then you put it on top of another one, and then you forgot it, and the bottom sheaf as well. So, you initially, you took the top one to take into town, you put it on top of another one, then you forgot. The bottom one is sheikh, the top one's not. Shimon, they're both not Shechah. they shoot The bottom one is not sheikha because it's covered. Anything which is covered, it, it, according, and it sounds like he holds like Reb Yehuda that Talmud is potter. By off the top one is potter because it's floating. So wait a second. So Akam no with Their whole dispute is on the bottom one, right? Bottom one is Machlokas is whether or not we say like Reb Yehuda the if Talmud is sheikha because the the bottom one is buried under the top one. Everyone was saying that the top one is not Shechah. Why? Because it's floating. So what, What's the var?t we must see that unless it's resting on the ground, it's not sheikha. Says the Gemara, no, shiny yasam, keep it asaba The p'tura is not because it's floating, the p'tura is because you took it with the intent of going into town. So you acquired it. So if you, if you forget it after you already acquired it, that's not sheikha. Sheikha is only when you forget it before you picked it up. So that's the reason. It's got nothing to do with whether it's on the ground. The whole point has to do with the fact that you already picked it up. If that's what's going on, that your potter, because the owner already acquired it, so why are you be saying your potter, because you put it on top of another one? You'd be potter, even if you put it back down on the floor. You're right. The of the top one, isn't based on the fact that it's floating. It's based on the fact that you already acquired it. Why do we speak about the fact that it's on another one? Because we want to speak about the bottom one, which is to bring out the machlokas, whether or not the bottom one is shikha, which is the machlokas, because of Reb Yudan Rabban and Tamar how can we say the reason your potter on the top one It's because you acquired it? It said different. It said in the bride, say the reason your potter is because it's floating. It's like it's floating. What does that mean? It's like it's floating. It says if he's still holding it. Even though he put it down, it's no different than when it was held in his hand and he already acquired it. So again, we still have not resolved our question about whether or not green. Um, the grain which floated and lands on something else in one's own field is chay. We, it's, it's, it, 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 we know it's not shifah if it's in someone else's field. That's clear to us. We know tamenu t'machluk is on the rabbonah if it's hidden. But what about if something which is floated and land on something else in one's own field? We have a suffix about that. All right. Now we get it back into Eglaruf. Amar says, I'm ready to answer any shayla. Just like Ben-Azai did in Tiferia, Ben-Azai had a very sharp mind, he was standing in Tiferia and answering any questions, and Abai was saying, I'm feeling that now in Pompadisa. Years later, he's saying, I've got a clear mind today, I can discuss anything. A certain rabbi said to him, let's say two corpses are found, one on top of the other. From where do you measure the distance to the town? Do we say something covered in its own kind? Right, It's a course on top of a course, so it's considered covered, it's considered buried, the bottom one's considered buried. But something that's above the ground by something, that its own, by, by something of its own kind is not floating. So meaning to say there's no chatzitzah between the ground and the top one, because between the top one and the, and, and, and the ground is just, it's just one of its own kind. So the top one is, doesn't have a din of tzuf. And therefore, and you measure only from the top corpse. The bottom one is a is a and we know what we learned. You don't there's no Rufa on the Tamun. The top one is not itself because the Khatitzah between it and the ground is something of its own kind. Therefore you'll measure from the top one. Oh, does Min Mamino have its Maybe not. Min mimino is its and therefore the top one is not eglar rufa because it's not it's floating on the ground. And mimino is not taman. The bottom one, therefore, you measure from. When we taught mode, you should measure from the bottom courts. Maybe both are true. Maybe mimino is taman, and mimino is soft, so you're not gonna measure from either. You won't measure from the bottom one because it's it, it, it's covered under the top one. And you won't measure from the top one because it's floating. So the Mariza's armalea bay set him, top base. Tiny two oh we see this from Bryce of the Bryce I said, what did we learn? the ear. When a person took the sheep of green with the intent to bring it to the town, but he put it on top of another sheep. and you forgot both sheaves. What did we learn? the Tanakama said that the bottom one is Shecha and the top one is not. and The bottom one is a the top one is because it's floating. So what does it have to do with us? So Sivarua, we assume as follows. Hanitan, like Rebu this yearly. We want to make the following assumption. Everybody holds like Rebu Huda, That when it says on the field, it excludes one which was covered. So then, how could anybody be saying here um, that the bottom one is Shifa? So, My Lab, Baal, talmud. when it's something that's covered with its own time, the sheaf something of its own kind, the sheaf is covered with another sheaf grain, it is considered talmud, right? The bottom one is not Shifa. He holds. That 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 is covered. Mar Savalavit Tamil the Tanakhama holds it's considered that it's not covered. Why? Because it's covered by something of its own kind. So we see that the Shaila, whether something is considered Tamman when it's covered by something of its own kind, is exactly the machlokas there. Everyone we assume would hold like Rabbi that if it was covered, let's say, by a rock, if it was under a rock, then then it would be Patu. We say Pratla Talmud. But if it's covered by a sheaf, so it's covered by something of its own kind, that's the Machlokas. So, so we see in the machlokas there, we'll say the same thing. A corpse, a corpse covered by a corpse. We should say it's, a, it's going to be if it's Taman. If the bottom one would be Taman. So they're not arguing about the status of sun covered by its own kind if it makes the bottom one Taman. Maybe everybody agreed it's Taman. If you hold like that, everybody would agree that maybe it's not Shekha. They're just arguing if review is right, review is wrong. The Rabbanon hold like the Rabbanan's opinion that even Taman is Chayv and Shekha. So it doesn't matter that it's covered by its own type, even if it would be covered by something else, it would be chayef. Rabbi Shem and Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi like Rabbi that covered chiefs are not shechah. So then why did we speak about a case where it was under another sheave? Yachim, Mario, of the Tanakama is saying it's chayef. Because he doesn't hold his Potter. So, why do you speak about where it's covered? Under another sheaf, Aphilub offered Saranami, even if it was covered by dirt or pebbles, it would be the same dispute, says the You're right. The dispute would be the same if it was under dirt or pebbles. Why did we speak about a case where it was covered by a sheaf? The Achakochit Rebuta tells us how far Rebuta went. To Amar not only does he hold that his Potter, but even mimimino is Talmud. But it, it could be that that second point is the chiddush that you see, but actually everyone agrees conceptually to that. The root of the dispute is simply is whether Talmud is true or not. So after all is said and done, we did not resolve that question. If I had a corpse lying on top of another corpse, which one would you measure from? Is the bottom one a Talmud? Is the top one itself? And the interesting shila so how they, how they relate one to the other, we did not resolve. Okay, now we talk more about Agla Rufa says, Rabbanon. It says, chalo. What's a chalo chalo literally means someone who was slain by like a metal instrument. Like someone slain by sword. That's what the term really means. So we say, chanuk. if you find a body that was strangled, there's no eglarufa. When we say there's no egla Rufa, we mean there's, you don't go the whole thing. No measuring, no zakenim, no karba, no, no calf, none of that. fiber, not if it hadn't yet died. If the corpse is still alive, it cannot be called a corpse. So therefore, it wouldn't be subject to Eglah Rufa. Even though it's very likely the person will die, the Torah does not, does not require it. It's not required until it's technically dead. Ba'adama, on the ground, that's what we said, not if it's covered by a pile, not where it's hanging from a tree, on the field, not where it's floating on the surface of the water. argues. He says in all these cases, whether it's found, Covered or hanging or floating If it's a chalol As long as it was slain by a metal instrument You could tell like it was You know, stabbed by a sword Then there would be The Egl rufa. He doesn't hold That it makes a difference where it's found Says the They said to Rabbi Don't you agree That if it was strangled And in a garbage dump Then you don't decapitate? Uh, so in other words What's the point? The point that we're trying to say Is clearly you agree I'm a Right, you agree that a strangled body is not subject because it's not a Cholom. So Achanami, you should darshan the other words. Badama ba v'lotaman bagao, badama ba should exclude covered by a pile. Nofo v'lotala v'ilah and fallen. doesn't mean if it's hanging from a tree. Ba v'lotala v'ilah On the field means not if it's floating on the surface of the water. So how does Rabelazer respond? Why didn't he darshan that? you say. The word khalo was actually an extra word. So if it's an extra word, we use it to exclude strangulation. But the other words were not extra. So since the other words were not extra, uh, so therefore, we do, he doesn't use them to exclude other things. So bottom line is, we learn that it has to be killed by, by like a sword, by a metal instrument, but where it is found was actually a machlokas gestano. If the corpse was found next to the border or to a town that's right next to a town that's all gayim, they don't want to decapitate the calf. Why? It was found. That excludes where it's likely to be found there. So next to the city of Goyim or by the border, where a lot of skirmishes always break out. So there's always dead bodies lying around. So if it's a common place, it's like not an unlikely anomaly that it's there. Then there's no Agla Rufa. Agla Rufa is only when it's next to, you know, out of the blue, next to a Jewish town. Suddenly there's a dead body, dead, an anomaly, only there is their Agla Rufa. Well, the Shimba Basin. Or if it's next to a town where there was no basin, there's no calf. Why? Because at the Sanhedrin of that local town is the one who's going to decapitate it. We need the elders of that city to go do it. So if the town doesn't have a basin, so then there's not going to be uh, an Egla Rufa, an egla Rufa in that scenario. So Mar, then the Mishnah finished off. Ain't more than elegant basin. We don't measure unless it's to a city that has a basin. Satumar, that's repetitive. Cheetah. That's obvious. What did we just say? We just said. Um, it just said you can only measure it to a town where there's a basin. I know I know the in I know you're not gonna measure it unless there's a basin. It's totally repetitive. Like the shows us of So what do I do then? If there's a town that it's next to, that it's to to doesn't have a basin. So do I just give up, stop the process? No. We disregard that town, and then instead of Modin basin, we instead measure it to a town that has a basin. Fascinating din. We don't say it's next to the city that I can't measure to and therefore nothing. I say I go over to the next closest town and measure to there, even though that's the second to closest town, and that town will do the Agla Rufa. Any city, even if they're not the closest. So it's like a little bit of a riddle. How could I have Aglarufa to the city that's not the closest city? The answer is the closest city uh, did not have a base. All right, we continue on over here. What happens if the courts is found exactly equidistant between two towns? What do you do? According to Rabbi Lezer, then they both have to bring Agla Rufa. Continues the Mishnah. Yishalayim never brings Agla Rufa. We'll see what. Let's say the head is found in one place, but the body is found in another place. What do we do? We bring the head to the body, according to Rabbi Lezer. Just the opposite. Bring the body to the head. Now the mission continues, me, I name, and modidim. What particular part of the body do you start the measurement from, right? It would make a huge difference if it's very close and, you know, between two cities, and you need to know exactly which point of the body you measure from. So, Rabbi Lazar, from the navel, Rabbi from the nose, Rabbi Lazar, Yaakov, in the place where it became a hollow, meaning mitzavaro, because usually that's what happens. The sword chops off the head, right? So, you measure from the hollow part of the body, meaning from the neck. So now let's get into all of this. Rabbi Li said, if you find it exactly equidistant between two towns, both towns bring my time of Rabbi Li because Afshalat Samson, first of all, he holds that you could be absolutely precise. It's a very interesting shailah in halacha. You know, halacha today, we don't understand this technology, you know what precision is. But there's machligas tanoam if halacha is, works with precision in terms of space. Do we hold Afshalat Samson or Yefshalat Samson? could things happen exactly like this. Could you have a master for exactly equidistant? If it seems equidistant to you, is that actually the reality? It's very interesting. Shiloh, what exactly is the question? But Rabbi Lezer holds yes, so therefore it's both ukrova, krova So the word the closest town can be understood to mean even the closest towns in the plural. So therefore both of them bring the glogravam. Yerushalayim does not bring the Amar Kral L'Rishtah, this land that was given from Hashem to inherit it. So we say to inherit it means you only bring a roof on a town which was given down from generation to generation as a nakhla. Because Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim is not like that. Yerushalayim was just given in general for Kral Yisrael. It wasn't given as a personal inheritance for any shape. So therefore Yerushalayim never has a roof on. We said if there's a case where the head and the body are in different places, so then there's a machlokas. Do I bring? Rabbi Akiva said they bring the body to the. Rabbi Akiva said they bring the body, to the head. And Rabbi Lezer said they bring the head to the body. So, my what's the root of this view? But why. Why bechalal do you bring one part to the other? Ilim and the mididim mifluki. Maybe you're going to tell me because you only measure. It's no geah for the inyan of measuring. In other words, he would say that you have to measure from the place where the body is bound, and and Rabbi Akiva holds you bring the body to the head. You have to measure from the place where the where the, where the head is found. But that's not the right shot, because what did the Seifa then go on to say? And we talked to me, And the end of the Mishnah said, goes through this exact point. Where do you measure from? And had different opinions, right? The navel, the, 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 the neck. But, but we didn't mention this in the ratio. McLeod, the ratio. the point of moving the head to the corpse, or the corpse to the head, is not about to know where to measure from. Where you measure from is the discussion at the end. So what the point that the Gemara is saying is it must be that the issue of moving the body, the head or the head to the body is not about where you're going to measure from. So then what is the point? Why do I care to move the, one, the head to the body or the body to the head? Just leave them where they are and measure from whichever spot you're supposed to measure from. So the Gemara, you're right. We're talking about a different halacha. There's a big takana When you find an unattended corpse, which it sounds like certainly in Agla Rufa it's an unattended corpse, it's a maiz mitzvah. There's a takana that it's meant to be buried exactly where it's found. You don't move it to the cemetery. And the reason is, we want to make it as easy as possible for the burial to take place. So, this is It's kona Konamakomo. It should be buried exactly in its spot. The question is, what is the spot? Right? L'Achikam, kona Konamakomo, in regard to burying this murdered person. He has ownership of the site, that's where he's buried. So, the head is in one place, but the body is in another. So, obviously, they should be buried together. So, you're going to have to move either the body to the head or move the head to the body. So, on that, that's the Machlokas. According to Rabbi Eliezer, Ma'olich HaRoshe Yitzhak move the head to the body. Rabbi Akiva Amar Gopi Yitzhak No, you move the body to the head. Very good. Ma'olich HaMofelki, what's the root of the Shailah? Ma'olich HaRoshe Yitzhak Gopi How was a person killed? is the body fell in its place. The head just moved around to a different place. So therefore, we assume that you go after the body is the place where it fell. The head, it fell, that's where it remains, in that spot. The body continued to move over to another spot. Meaning the idea is that the person was running from his, the attacker and he had momentum that moved his body further after the head was cut off. So that's why the body was strewn further. So they're just arguing about how to analyze the murder scene. But everybody agrees in the place of the murder is where the body should be buried. Now, what about the issue of where you measure from? So we said, Rabbi Akiva said from the no, um, nose, Rabbi Lazar was saying from the navel. The main thing that gives a person's life is the nostrils, that's where you breathe. That's life. That's what you measure from there. the main point of life, is the navel from the belly. That's where nourishment goes out throughout the body. So the belly is the main part of the body. So the par says, let's say that machlokas is the machlokas of this time. Where is the fetus formed? What's the beginning of the fetus? Rosho from the head. It says, "You pull me out from the, my mother's womb." Omer gizinitz rachlav pull out your hair and throw it away. So we see, gozi as it relates to the head. So we see that the formation of the fetus starts from the head. Abashalom or no, the fetus starts to be. To be created from the navel. And then it sounds out the roots in all directions, like the middle part of the body, and that's where it starts to be created from. So just like there's a machlokas where it starts to be created from. Here we have a machlokas in our mission where the iker of a person is, is it the head or the navel? It seems to be the same machlokas. It says the Gemara, no it's not. Afilu could agree with Rabbi Akiva that the measuring is from the nose. Abishol is talking about the way it's formed. The way a fetus is formed. We assume the fetus is formed from the middle of the body. In regard to life. Life, what keeps it a body alive? Everyone agrees it's the air. That's the what you breathe. The spirit of life. Clearly, breathing is the main thing. The last opinion of the, from Yaakov Omer: it's not the navel, it's not the nostrils, but it's the place where it was slain. It's the place of the chalol from the neck. So we say chali rishon. We see that chalol refers to the neck and that pasuk, and that's why chalol here in our pasuk is a reference to the neck.